Chapters 12 and 13 of Don Quixote, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Riccardo. Don Quixote, Volume 2, by Miguel de Cervantes Saavedra. Translated by John Ormsby. Chapter 12 of the strange adventure which befell the valiant Don Quixote with the bold knight of the mirrors. The night succeeding the day of the encounter with death, Don Quixote and his squire passed under some tall shady trees, and Don Quixote, at Sancho's persuasion, ate a little from the store carried by Depo, and over their supper Sancho said to his master, Senor, what a fool I should have looked if I had chosen for my reward the spoils of the first adventure your worship achieved instead of the foes of the three mares. After all, a sparrow in the hand is better than a vulture in the wing. At the same time, Sancho, replied Don Quixote, if thou hadst let me attack them as I wanted, at the very least the emperor's gold crown and Cupid's painted wings would have fallen to thee as spoils, for I should have taken them by force and given them into thy hands. The sceptres and crowns of those play-actor emperors, said Sancho, were never yet pure gold, but only brass foil or tin. That is true, said Don Quixote, for it would not be right that the accessories of the drama should be real, instead of being mere fictions and semblances, like the drama itself, towards which Sancho, and as a necessary consequence towards those who represent and produce it, I would that thou wert favourably disposed, for they are all instruments of great good to the state, placing before us at every step a mirror in which we may see vividly displayed what goes on in human life nor is there any similitude that shows us more faithfully what we are and ought to be than the play and the players. Come, tell me, hast thou not seen a play acted in which kings, emperors, pontiffs, knights, ladies, and divers other personages were introduced? One plays the villain, another the knave, this one the merchant, that the soldier, one the sharp-witted fool, another the foolish lover. And when the play is over, and they have put off the dresses they wore in it, all the actors become equal. Yes, I have seen that, said Sancho. Well, then, said Don Quixote, the same thing happens in the comedy and life of this world, where some play emperors, others popes, and, in short, all the characters that can be brought into a play. But when it is over, that is to say when life ends, death stripes them all of the garments that distinguish one from another, and all are equal in the grave. A fine comparison, said Sancho, though not so new, but that I have heard it many and many a time, as well as that other one of the game of chess. How, so long as the game lasts, each piece has its own particular office, and when the game is finished, they are all mixed, jumbled up and shaken together, and stowed away in the bag, 
which is much like ending life in the grave. Thou art growing less doltish and more shrewd every day, Sancho, said Don Quixote. I, said Sancho, it must be that some of your worship's shrewdness sticks to me. Land that of itself is barren and dry, will come to yield good fruit if you dung it and till it. What I mean is that your worship's conversation has been the dung that has fallen on the barren soil of my dry wit, and the time I have been in your service and society has been the tillage, and with the help of this I hope to yield fruit in abundance that will not fall away or slide from those paths of good breeding that your worship has made in my parched understanding. Don Quixote laughed at Sancho's affected phraseology, and perceived that what he said about his improvement was true, for now and then he spoke in a way that surprised him. Though, always so mostly, when Sancho tried to talk fine and attempted polite language, he wound up by toppling over from the summit of his simplicity into the abyss of his ignorance and where he showed his culture and his memory to the greatest advantage was in dragon and proverbs no matter whether they had any bearing or not upon the subject in hand as may have been seen already and will be noticed in the course of this history in conversation of this kind they passed a good part of the night but sancho felt a desire to let down the curtains on his eyes as he used to say when he wanted to go to sleep and strapping Depple, he left him at liberty to graze his fill. He did not remove Rocinante's saddle, as his master's express orders were, that so long as they were in the field or not sleeping under a roof, Rocinante was not to be stripped, the ancient usage established and observed by knights errant being to take off the bridle and hang it on the saddle-bow, but to remove the saddle from the horse never. Sancho acted accordingly, and gave him the same liberty he had given Depple, between whom and Rocinante there was a friendship so unequalled and so strong that it is handed down by tradition from father to son, that the author of this veracious history devoted some special chapters to it, which, in order to preserve the propriety and decorum due to a history so heroic, he did not insert therein, although, at times, he forgets this resolution of his, and describes how eagerly the two beasts would scratch one another when they were together, and how, when they were tired or full, Rocinante would lay his neck across Depple's, stretching half a yard or more on the other side, and the pair would stand thus, gazing thoughtfully on the ground, for three days, or at least so long as they were left alone, or hunger did not drive them to go and look for food. I may add that they say the author left it on record that he likened their friendship to that of Nisus and Euryalus, and Pylades and Orestes, and, if that be so, it may be perceived, to the admiration of mankind, how firm the friendship must have been between these two peaceful animals, shaming men, who preserve friendships with one another so badly. This was why it was said, For friend no longer is their friend. The reeds turn lances now. And someone else has sung, Friend to friend the bug, etc. And let no one fancy that the author, 
was at all astray when he compared the friendship of these animals to that of men, for men have received many lessons from beasts, and learned many important things, as, for example, the cluster from the stork, vomit and gratitude from the dog, watchfulness from the crane, foresight from the ant, modesty from the elephant, and loyalty from the horse. Sancho at last fell asleep at the foot of a cork tree, while Don Quixote dozed at that of a sturdy oak. But a short time only had elapsed, when a noise he heard behind him awoke him, and rising up, startled. He listened and looked in the direction the noise came from, and perceived two men on horseback, one of whom, letting himself drop from the saddle, said to the other, Dismount, my friend, and take the bridles off the horses, for, so far as I can see, this place will furnish grass for them, and the solitude and silence my love-sick thoughts need of. As he said this, he stretched himself upon the ground, and, as he flung himself down, the armour in which he was clad rattled, whereby Don Quixote perceived that he must be a knight-errant, and going over to Sancho, who was asleep, he shook him by the arm, and, with no small difficulty, brought him back to his senses, and said in a low voice to him, Brother Sancho, we have got an adventure. God send us a good one, said Sancho, and where may her ladyship the adventure be? Where, Sancho, replied Don Quixote, turn thine eyes and look, and thou wilt see stretched there a knight-errant, who, it strikes me, is not over and above happy, for I saw him flying himself off his horse, and throw himself on the ground with a certain air of dejection, and his armour rattled as he fell. Well, said Sancho, how does your worship make out that to be an adventure? I do not mean to say, returned Don Quixote, that it is a complete adventure, but that it is the beginning of one, for it is in this way adventures begin. But listen, for it seems he is tuning a lute or guitar, and from the way he is spitting and clearing his chest, he must be getting ready to sing something. Faith, you are right, said Sancho, and no doubt he is some enamoured knight. There is no knight errand that is not, said Don Quixote, but let us listen to him, for if he sings, by that thread we shall extract the bowl of his thoughts, because out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Sancho was about to reply to his master, but the knight of the grove's voice, which was neither very bad nor very good, stopped him, and listening attentively, the pair heard him sing this. Sonnet Your pleasure, prithee, lady mine, unfold. Declare the terms that I am to obey. My will to yours, submissively I mould, and from your law my feet shall never stray. Would you I die to silent grief a prey? Then count me even now as dead and cold. Would you I tell my woes in some new way? Then shall my tale by love itself be told. The unison of opposites to prove of the soft wax and diamond hard am I, but still 
obedient to the laws of love here hard or soft i offer you my breast whate'er you grave or stamp thereon shall rest indelible for all eternity with an ah me that seemed to be drawn from the inmost recesses of his heart the knight of the grove brought his lay to an end and shortly afterwards exclaimed in a melancholy and piteous voice o fairest and most ungrateful woman on earth what can it be most serene casildea de vandalia that thou wilt suffer this thy captive knight to waste away and perish in ceaseless wanderings and rude and arduous toys it is not enough that i have compelled all the knights of navarre all the leonese all the tartesians all the castellans and finally all the knights of la mancha to confess thee the most beautiful in the world not so said don quixote at this for i am of la mancha and i have never confessed anything of the sort nor could i nor should i confess a thing so much to the prejudice of my lady's beauty thou seest how this knight is raving sancho but let us listen perhaps he will tell us more about himself that he will returned sancho for he seems in a mood to bewail himself for a month at a stretch but this was not the case for the knight of the grove hearing voices near him instead of continuing his lamentation stood up and exclaimed in a distinct but courteous tone who goes there what are you do you belong to the number of the happy or of the miserable of the miserable answered don quixote then come to me said he of the grove and rest assured that it is to woe itself and affliction itself you come don quixote finding himself answered in such a soft and courteous manner went over to him and so did sancho the doleful knight took don quixote by the arm saying sit down here sir knight for that you are one and of those that profess knight errantry it is to me a sufficient proof to have found you in this place where solitude and night the natural couch and proper retreat of knights errant keep you company to which dun made answer a knight i am of the profession you mention and though sorrows misfortunes and calamities have made my heart their abode the compassion i feel for the misfortunes of others has not been thereby banished from it from what you have just now sung i gather that yours spring from love i mean from the love you bear that fair ingrate you named in your lament in the meantime they had seated themselves together on the hard ground peaceably and sociably just if as soon as day broke they were not going to break one another's heads are you sir knight in love perchance asked he of the grove of don quixote by mischance i am replied don quixote though the ills arising from well-bestowed affections should be esteemed favours rather than misfortunes that is true returned he of the grove if scorn did not unsettle our reason and understanding for if it be excessive it looks like revenge i was never scorned by my lady said don quixote certainly not said sancho who stood close by 
for my lady is as a lamp and softer than a roll of butter is this your squire asked he of the grove he is said don quixote i never yet saw a squire said he of the grove who ventured to speak when his master was speaking at least there is mine who is as big as his father and it cannot be proved that he has never opened his lips when i am speaking by my faith then said sancho i have spoken and am fit to speak in the presence of one as much or even but never mind it only makes it worse to steer it the squire of the grove took sancho by the arm saying to him let us two go where we can talk in squire style as much as we please and leave these gentlemen our masters to fight it out over the story of their loves and depend upon it daybreak will find them at it without having made an end of it so be it by all means said sancho and i will tell your worship who i am that you may see whether i am to be reckoned among the number of the most talkative squires with this the two squires withdrew to one side and between them there passed a conversation as droll as that which passed between their masters was serious chapter thirteen in which is continued the adventure of the knight of the grove together with the sensible original and tranquil colloquy that passed between the two squires the knights and the squires made two parties these telling the story of their lives the others the story of their loves but the history relates first of all the conversation of the servants and afterwards takes up that of the masters and it says that withdrawing a little from the others he of the grove said to sancho a hard life it is will lead and live senor we that are squires to knights errant verily we eat our bread in the sweat of our faces which is one of the curses god laid on our first parents it may be said too added sancho that we eat it in the chill of our bodies for who gets more heat and cold than the miserable squires of knight-errantry even so it would not be so bad if we had something to eat for woos are lighter if there's bread but sometimes we go a day or two without breaking our fast except with the wind that blows all that said he of the grove may be endured and put up with when we have hopes of reward for unless the knight-errant he serves is excessively unlucky after a few turns the squire will at least find himself rewarded with a fine government of some island or some fair county i said sancho have already told my master that i shall be content with the government of some island and he is so noble and generous that he has promised it to me ever so many times i said he of the grove shall be satisfied with a canonry for my services and my master has already assigned me one your master said sancho no doubt is a knight in the church line and can bestow rewards of that sort on his good squire but mine is only a layman though i remember 
some clever but to my mind designing people strove to persuade him to try and become an archbishop he however would not be anything but an emperor but i was trembling all the time lest he should take a fancy to go into the church not finding myself fit to hold office in it for i may tell you though i seem a man i am no better than a beast for the church well then you are wrong there said he of the grove for those island governments are not all satisfactory some are awkward some are poor some are dull and in short the highest and choicest brings with it a heavy burden of cares and troubles which the unhappy white to whose lot it has fallen bears upon his shoulders far better would it be for us who have adopted this accursed service to go back to our own houses and there employ ourselves in pleasanter occupations in hunting or fishing for instance for what squire in the world is there so poor as not to have a hack and a couple of greyhounds and a fishing-rod to amuse himself with in his own village i am not in want of any of those things said sancho to be sure i have no hack but i have an ass that is worth my master's horse twice over god send me a bad easter and that the next one i am to see if i would swap even if i got four bushels of barley to boot you will laugh at the value i put on my dapple for dapple is the colour of my beast as to greyhounds i can't want for them for there are enough and to spare in my town and moreover there is more pleasure in sport when it is at other people's expense in truth and earnest sir squire said he of the grove i have made up my mind and determined to have done with these drunken vigarious of these knights and go back to my village and bring up my children for i have three like three oriental pearls i have two said sancho that might be presented before the pope himself especially a girl whom i am breeding up for a countess please god though in spite of her mother and how old is this lady that is being bred up for countess asked he of the grove fifteen a couple of years more or less answered sancho but she is as tall as a lance and as fresh as an april morning and as strong as a porter those are gifts to fit her to be not only a countess but a nymph in the greenwood said he of the grove horse-son's trumpet what a pith the rogue must have to which sancho made answer somewhat sulkily she is not strumpet nor was her mother nor will either of them be please god while i live speak more civilly for one bred up among knights errant who are courtesy itself your words don't seem to me to be very becoming oh how little you know about compliments sir squire returned he of the grove what don't you know that when a horseman delivers a good lance thrust at the bull in the plaza or when any one does anything very well the people are wont to say how horse on rip how well he has done it and that what seems to be abuse in the expression is high praise 
"'Dis own sons and daughters, senor, who don't do what deserves that compliments of this sort should be paid to their parents.' "'I do disown them,' replied Sancho, "'and in this way and by the same reasoning. "'You might call me and my children and my wife "'all the strumpets in the world, "'for all they do and say is of a kind "'that in the highest degree deserves the same praise, "'and to see them again I pray God to deliver me "'from mortal sin, or what comes to the same thing, "'to deliver me from this perilous calling of squire.' into which i have fallen a second time decayed and beguiled by a purse with a hundred ducats that i found one day in the heart of the sierra morena and the devil is always putting a bag full of doubloons before my eyes here there everywhere until i fancy at every stop i am putting my hand on it and hugging it and carrying it home with me and making investments and getting interest and living like a prince and so long as I think of this, I make light of all the hardship I endure with this simpleton of a master of mine, who, I well know, is more of a madman than a knight. That's why they say that covetousness bursts the bag, said he of the grove. But if you come to talk of that sort, there is not a greater one in the world than my master, for he is one of those of whom they say, the cares of others kill the ass, for in order that another knight may recover the senses he has lost, he makes a madman of himself, and goes looking for what, when found, may, for all I know, fly in his own face. And is he in love, perchance? asked Sancho. He is, said he of the grove, with one Casildea de Vandalia, the rawest and best roasted lady the whole world could produce but that rawness is not the only foot he limps on for he has greater skins rumbling in his bowels as will be seen before many hours are over there's no road so smooth but it has some hole or hindrance in it said sancho in other houses they cook beans but in mine it's by the potful madness will have more followers and hangers-on than sound sense but if there be any truth in the common saying that to have companions in trouble gives some relief i may take consolation from you inasmuch as you serve a master as crazy as my own crazy but valiant replied he of the grove and more roguish than crazy or valiant mine is not that said sancho i mean he has nothing of the rogue in him on the contrary he has the soul of a pitcher he has no thought of doing harm to any one only good to all nor has he any malice whatever in him a child might persuade him that it is night at noonday and for this simplicity i love him as the core of my heart and i can't bring myself to leave him let him do ever such foolish things for all that brother and seigneur said he of the grove if the blind lead the blind both are in danger of falling into the pit it is better for us to beat a quiet retreat and get back to our own quarters for those who seek adventures don't always find good ones sancho kept spitting from time to time 
and his spittle seemed somewhat rupee and dry, observing which the compassionate squire of the grove said, It seems to me that with all this talk of ours our tongues are sticking to the roofs of our mouths, but I have a pretty good loosener hanging from the saddle-bow of my horse, and getting up he came back the next minute with a large bottle of wine and a pasty half a yard across, and this is no exaggeration, for it was made of a house-rabbit so big that Sancho, as he handled it, took it to be made of a goat, not to say a kid, and looking at it, he said, "'And do you carry this with you, senor?' "'Why, what are you thinking about?' said the other. "'Do you take me for some poultry squire? I carry a better larder on my horse's croup than a general takes with him when he goes on a march.' Sancho ate without requiring to be pressed, and in the dark, bolted mouthfuls like the knots of a tether, and said he, You are a proper trusty squire, one of the right sort, sumptuous and grand, as this banquet shows, which, if it has not come here by magic art, at any rate has the look of it. Not like me, unlucky beggar, that have nothing more in my alforjas than a scrap of cheese, so hard that one might brain a giant with it and to keep it company, a few dozen carobs and as many more filberts and walnuts, thanks to the austerity of my master, and the idea he has and the rule he follows, that knights errant must not live or sustain themselves on anything except dried fruits and the herbs of the field. By my faith, brother, said he of the grove, my stomach is not made for thistles or wild peas or roots of the woods, let our masters do as they like with their chivalry notions and laws, and eat what those enjoin. I carry my prog-basket and this butter hanging on the saddle-bow, whatever they may say, and it is such an object of worship with me, and I love it so, that there is hardly a moment but I am kissing and embracing it over and over again. And so saying, he thrust it into Sancho's hands, who, rising it aloft, pointed to his mouth, gazed at the stars for a quarter of an hour, and when he had done drinking, let his head fall on one side, and giving a deep sigh, exclaimed, Ah, horse and rogue, how Catholic it is! There you see, said he of the grove, hearing Sancho's exclamation, how you have called this wine horse and by way of praise. Well, said Sancho, I own it, and I grant it is no dishonour to call any one whoreson when it is to be understood as a praise. But tell me, senor, by what you love best, is this Ciudad Real wine? Oh, rare wine taster, said he of the grove, nowhere else indeed does it come from, and it has some ears aged too. Leave me alone for that, said Sancho. Never fear, but I'll hit upon the place it came from somehow. What would you say, sir squire, to my having such a great natural instinct in judging wines that you have only to let me smell one, and I can tell positively its country, its kind, its flavour and soundness, the changes it will undergo, and everything that pertains to a wine? But it is no wonder, 
for I have had in my family on my father's side the two best wine tasters that have been known in La Mancha for many a long year, and to prove it I'll tell you now a thing that happened them. They gave the two of them some wine out of a cask to try, asking their opinion as to the condition, quality, goodness or badness of the wine. One of them tried it with the tip of his tongue, the other did no more than bring it to his nose. The first said the wine had a flavour of iron, the second said it had a stronger flavour of cordovan. The owner said the cask was clean and that nothing had been added to the wine from which it could have got a flavour of either iron or leather. Nevertheless, these two great wine tasters held to what they had said. Time went by, the wine was sold, and, when they came to clean out the cask, they found in it a small key hanging to a thong of cordovan. See now if one who comes of the same stock has not a right to give his opinion in such like cages. Therefore I say, said he of the grove, let us give up going in quest of adventures, and as we have loaves, let us not go looking for cakes, but return to our cribs, for God will find us there, if it be his will. Until my master reaches Saragossa, said Sancho, I'll remain his service, after that we'll see. The end of it was that the two squires talked so much and drank so much that sleep had to tie their tongues and moderate their thirst, for to quench it was impossible, and so the pair of them fell asleep, clinging to the now nearly empty bota, and with the half-chewed morsels in their mouths. And there we will leave them for the present, to relate what passed between the night of the grove and him of the rueful countenance. End of chapters 12 and 13